Hello, I'm Mark, and this is the Fast Track Impact podcast, where we look at how researchers can become more productive and use their work to achieve real-world impact. In today's podcast, I'm going to look at eight questions that I think are really powerful ways of getting us to envision what our impact might be. Now, you might have a vague idea of the kind of things that you want to achieve. Maybe you've even got a pathway to impact, an impact plan that's been written down somewhere. But I think that these questions will really help you to think in a much clearer way about the broadest possible range of impacts that you might be able to achieve. Of course, for many of us, actually, we're sitting in a place where we just have no idea. Yes, we would like to have an impact, wouldn't we all? But hey, look at my research area. It's pretty much impossible. I've got no idea where to start. And if that's you, then I believe that these eight questions will be a really powerful way for you to start on this journey towards impact with a much clearer idea of the kind of things that you might actually be able to achieve. But before we get into that, I'm going to start with this week's research impact tip. This week's research impact tip is to work with a knowledge broker. Now, a knowledge broker is a person or an organisation that sits between groups who might not normally be connected to one another. So they create a bridge between you as a researcher and your research institution and perhaps a group of individuals or organisations who might benefit from or want to use your research. Now, if you feel like you want to have an impact, but you have no idea where to start or who those people might be, then finding a knowledge broker who can do those introductions and make those connections for you is incredibly valuable. Now, the first place to look for a knowledge broker is close to home. Have a look in your research institute. And it's surprising when you start asking around the number of people who have crazy connections that you just had no idea about whatsoever. Maybe it's through their family, maybe it's through their research, uh, but people are connected to people that we could really benefit from when we ask. So if you're a PhD student, start by asking your supervisors. Uh, Let's now move to our research institute and start asking, who else has connections to the farming community, for example? And all of a sudden, people start coming out of the woodwork. And because of those connections, they can then create a bridge where they introduce you to people. And those people outside of your research institution are far more likely to trust you by proxy when they are introduced by someone that they trust already. And yeah, of course, you don't want to blow it by doing something stupid, saying something stupid, but you've got a good chance. You've got that connection. Now, sometimes you have to go further afield, uh, and there can be particular individuals or organisations that uh, actually act uh, primarily as uh, knowledge brokers uh, in their day-to-day work. Uh, So they're 
uh, are people who are advisors or are consultants or NGOs or partnerships whose primary function, their purpose, is actually to connect networks of people uh, on particular issues or for particular purposes. So if you can identify who the people are or the organisations are who are actually performing that function, then they may well be able to work for you, work with you. Uh, And very often it's just an individual, a person, who has the personality that is just, yeah, they're a connector, they're a networker, and they might not be the kind of person you would normally expect to uh, perform that role because of their job title, but actually that's the person that everyone knows and everyone trusts. And as you start to ask through your networks, that their name keeps coming up again and again. And if, if you can connect with them, chances are they're going to talk to you, they're going to be interested in who you are and your research because that's their personality. Uh, and that person may then be able to open doors for you and help you to achieve the kind of relationships you need to have the impact that you want. So work with a knowledge broker. Okay, so let's get uh, stuck into these eight questions then. What I want you to do now is to think with me through these questions and to really start to envision the kind of impact that you might possibly be able to have. Now, it's really important that uh, to do this task, you need to really have a, a very open mind. And it's, it's fine to think, you know, some kind of crazy thoughts here. Uh, let's think big, let's think grand, let's think amazing, uh, maybe unrealistic, and that's fine, we can do that. Um, uh, we're just putting ideas out here at the moment, and the more ideas we can get out in response to these questions, the more we've then got to play with that, that might end up being realistic, that we might actually be able to start designing some activities and taking some first steps and building relationships that can enable us to achieve uh, this envisioned future. So the first question is to just very vaguely now, just to to start by asking you to think of what aspects of your research might be either interesting or useful to someone, anyone. Now, I want you to think through the whole uh, project or whatever it is that you're you're working on now from your conceptual kind of thoughts about the the overarching theories or uh, the the, the concepts around what you're doing. Might there there be something in that that is actually intrinsically fascinating um, to uh, your average member of the public or to a particular group of of stakeholders uh, on an intellectual level? Uh, Think through the methods that you're using, the kind of materials that you're using, the the contexts, the case studies, uh, whatever it is. Might there be something linked to that particular context, that particular case study, a particular type of material or method or approach that might resonate with someone that might be particularly interesting or useful for them. Think about the kind of results that you're expecting to to get, the kind of problems you hope to solve, the the critical thinking that you hope that you'll uh, be able to uh, shed light uh, on the on this issue. Yeah? What what are the kind of findings that you're expecting, and who might they be useful to? Who might be interested in them? Now, you may answer to all these questions. Nobody, actually, Mark, um, and that's fine. Uh, so next, I'm going to ask you just to, to qualify this question and to think. Well, okay, 
maybe not directly, but could I or could someone else actually build upon this project, build upon these findings, use these methods, whatever it is, to do something useful or interesting in future? What would I need to do to tweak this that would actually make it more interesting, more accessible, more useful to a particular group uh, or for a particular purpose? And, okay, maybe I don't have those skills, maybe I couldn't do that, but maybe there's someone else who might build on it or someone else I could collaborate who could do that. So that's the first question. Starting fairly broad, let's uh, move to the second one. So, again, we're, we're staying broad now, and I'm going to ask you to actually think beyond your research for a moment. So let's, let's park our project, our particular research topic or, or area, and now think, you know, Connected to that, what are the big issues of the day, the, the policy areas, the, the sectors of the economy, the practices, the behaviours, habits, interests, trends, whatever it is, that link in some shape or form, however tangentially, to our research topic. Um, once we've done that, I want you to start thinking uh, about uh, what are the problems or needs that people have in these particular areas. So whether it's a particular sector, a particular policy area, a particular group of behaviours or whatever it is, what, what are the, the kind of problems or needs that, that are located uh, in, in those places? And then what are the, the barriers that are preventing these issues from being resolved? And my question then is, might your research actually be able to help address some of these needs and overcome some of these barriers in some way. Now, this is designed to, to really start to help you to connect beyond the realm that you would normally connect with, perhaps in an introduction to a paper or a grant, and really start thinking very, very broadly at the moment. And this is, again, things that you might not be able to do immediately or within the scope of this project, but you might be able to build on or collaborate with someone to make happen. My third question then is, what is the most significant area of current policy, practice or business that your research might either change or disrupt? So having a think about this particular policy area or practice area or particular type of business, uh, what kind of changes might actually take place as a result of you getting involved, as a result of them using your types of knowledge, your types of method, building on your research findings that might make uh, them more productive or enable them to uh, come up with a new policy solution or uh, innovation that might help uh, advance a particular uh, agenda. Uh, but it's also worth thinking in a, in a more disruptive way. Do you think that uh, there might be uh, a product or uh, an idea that might just have a completely different take on the way that people are currently th doing things, uh, on the current business model, the current uh, policy trajectory? Uh, and it may be that uh, this isn't something that you can do at the moment. It might be that you are going to start up your own company now to disrupt that market, or it might be that you're talking now to an opposition um, a political party who might want to put this idea into a uh, party manifesto moving into an election to try and uh, take power from the current uh, uh, mainstream. 
But thinking again now, out of the box, about how you might be able to change something, disrupt something, uh, do something that's really thinking out of the box as a result of your research in the real world. Next, I'm starting to get, starting to get a bit more conventional. We're zooming in now towards uh, the, the realm that you feel probably more comfortable with, uh, the, the research topic, your project, the, the area that, that you're working on. And my fourth question is, which are the individuals, groups, or organisations that might be interested in your research or in a particular aspect of your research that you've identified, perhaps, that might be relevant from these previous questions? Now, these might be people who you know about now. These might be future generations. There might be uh, organisations that, uh, that you know are coming into being that don't exist yet. Uh, or they might be groups who would be able to use your research in a particular future scenario. They couldn't do it now, but if this policy were to change, if this um, incentive were to be provided, then uh, we might have something that they could use. And what we're doing now is, is trying to be as specific as possible. And I'm going to ask you to come up with uh, the name of that organisation. And if possible, then the department or group or team or individual within that organisation who is most likely to be interested in this aspect of your research or most likely to be able to use it or think of a way of using it. Uh, same for groups. Uh, so I mentioned farmers earlier on, uh, but farmers are lots of different. You've got dairy farmers and arable farmers, um, uh, different parts of the country, uh, working in different ways for different purposes. Any group uh, it can usually be broken down into many different parts, and the same applies, of course, to the public. So uh, are you looking at a particular demographic that is likely to be most interested in your research or a particular uh, level of education or set of interests, uh, particular habits? Um, try and be as specific as you can. And now as you begin to think about those organisations or groups or individuals, try and do a bit of research on them, read up about them, um, and, and try, if you can, to start putting yourself in their shoes and start to look at your research from their eyes, from their perspective, and start to say, well, actually, what is really interesting about this? And, you know, you may well actually start to, to view your research in quite a different way and start to really get a handle on what it is that, that, that really resonates with people and that really is likely to be of, of interest. Of course, actually having these conversations with people in the real world helps a lot as well, but uh, you need to have a, a focus for this. So let's move on to the fifth of my eight questions, which is what aspects of your research are these people likely to be most interested in and what would need to happen for these aspects of your research to become more relevant to them? What could you do differently to make your work more relevant to them, and who would you need help from? So uh, you're beginning to zoom in on the particular aspects of your research that are likely to be most relevant. So if it's your findings, then you're looking at particular types of messages or findings that, that are going to resonate most or be of most interest or use. And now zooming into those, uh, we're trying to think what might you be able to do to make that particular finding 
more relevant, more accessible, uh, and to, to resonate more effectively with these groups that you've got in mind. Uh, might you think of, of particular pieces of work you might do around it? Might you think of particular collaborations, particular technologies? Uh, some way in which you can take that finding and actually give it some legs, give it some teeth, make it actually work for you and achieve something more than just uh, the, the academic finding in its, in its own right. And of course, very often to achieve that, you will need help. Uh, and first of all, ask yourself whether there are people out there in those businesses, in that policy world, in those NGOs that you've been dreaming of, that you might be able to approach, who might be able to help you think through this question, uh, think through that particular key finding, and uh, work out what you would need to do to make that more relevant to their organisation and to other people who have similar interests and goals. So my sixth and seventh question are kind of related, so I'm going to take them together. Uh, and first of all, I'm asking, now, if these people actually really did take an interest in uh, our work or actually used our research, then what would change? And then digging down into that question seven, you know, let's have a think about the kind of changes that we might see in individuals, in groups, in organisations, and let's, let's really dream big here. What might change when you kind of aggregate this all up to, to a societal level? What might this turn into a decade from now? And for me, this is really now starting to envision our impact. And it takes a bit of a leap of imagination, and there's going to be some kind of crazy ideas, but that's fine. Let's, let's, let's think big for a moment and see, see where this, this takes us. But uh, let's have a think. You know, if these guys, uh, they've worked with us to try and work out what's relevant, and they're saying, yeah, yeah, this works, this is, this is good, this is useful, and we could do this, and we could do that, and that could really make it useful for, for our purposes. Let's imagine now that they've taken up our research, they've done that work, and you've done that work with them to make it as relevant as possible, and it's now making a difference for them. Uh, what is going to change now as a result? How is that organisation more productive uh, as a result of engaging with you? How is it dealing with its challenges more effectively? How is it uh, becoming more uh, economically viable or uh, saving uh, more habitats and species or whatever it is that they're trying to do? How has your research enabled them to do that? And actually, what are they doing now as a result? Let's dream. Uh, they're doing really cool things now. Uh, on a societal level, whole sectors now are changing as a result of the knock-on effects of your research and how other people have seen what that organisation has done and they've copied it. They've put their own twist on it. They're doing their own thing now. You've got competing products now. They've, uh, they've done their own thing. Maybe they've copied it. They've taken it to a new level now and you've got a global brand linked to your research. You know, wherever your imagination takes you, let's really dream big now and think, you know, what might change? What conceivably might change as a result of this research if it really, really took off? Now, many of these things will just be pipe dreams and you can't do them. But you never know, some of those ideas might be things that you could start to work on and that it, you might get halfway there. And maybe there are things uh, that you can now draw out of this that you can now start to make into concrete steps that you can start to explore with people and say, well, hey, uh, it seems a bit of a crazy idea, but what if we could do this? What if 
you and I work together and you did this and I did that and we got this resource and we got that help and yeah, could this be possible? Who knows? I think there's a real power of the imagination to ask these really big questions and just suspend reality for a moment to say, well, you know, what if? And yes, many of these things are not possible, but when you really start to open up your imagination, you suddenly do discover very often that there are some pretty cool things out there that you could actually do if you really put your mind to it. So let's, let's think big and, and see what we can do. Uh, and finally, my eighth question now is um, to ask yourself a, a, a critical question. And I want to ask you, uh, these changes that you're seeing, you're probably thinking about good changes, beneficial changes, which is great. But have a think for a moment about whether there might be particular groups, sectors of the economy, organisations, whatever it is, that might be disadvantaged or might be negatively impacted as a result of your work. Now, it takes a bit of a bit, bit more imagination because perhaps we don't want to go there intrinsically, but I think it's important that we force ourselves to really think critically through, well, you know, what might be these knock-on effects? You know, we've started to do that thinking. Uh, so, yes, it gets adopted by this one sector and they do some cool stuff with it and then it moves to this and A leads to B leads to C leads to D and then some really cool stuff happens. Yeah, but some really nasty stuff might happen as well. Uh, and if we can actually think about those potentially negative consequences, then we might be able to do something to uh, prevent them, to mitigate them, uh, or potentially to even turn them around into something that might actually be good for those groups rather than negative. So those are my eight questions. Hopefully you've uh, been able to think through these with me. If you haven't, then the great thing about podcasts is you can just wind it back to the beginning. Um, and just pause it after each of these questions and, and think to yourself, uh, what possibly could I do in my research? And start to imagine and envision the kind of things that you might be able to do. These don't have to be things that change the world. These can be small things. These don't have to be things that are useful. They may just be interesting. They may be things that light up other people's imaginations and that uh, convey knowledge and understanding and change perceptions and attitudes amongst the public. That's great. Let's think about and envisage what these things might be because by calling these things uh, into uh, our imagination, we can then take the steps to call them into reality. point each week so you've got something tangible that you can go away and do to embed what you've learned in the podcast and I'm going to ask you to do something a wee bit uh, scary today which is um, I'm going to ask you to uh, draw a picture 
Now, uh, most of us won't have done a lot of drawing um, for many years, um, and you may be terrible at art. That's fine. It doesn't matter at all. I use a technique called rich pictures quite often uh, when I'm running workshops, and uh, I think that there's something really powerful about just using that part of our brain that requires us to think visually and think in metaphorical terms uh, that can help us to think through something and really envisage something in concrete terms. And very often, if you come up with a visual metaphor that really sums up what you're trying to do, this can be something that you can really hold in the front of your mind uh, when you're trying to achieve impact that can help propel you and motivate you and focus you on the things that you want to achieve. So I'm going to ask you to uh, go through each of those questions and come up with, with one thing that you would like to envision uh, for the future of your research that would make a really fantastic impact. And I want you to really envisage it. You know, put yourself there. Imagine yourself. You know, think about the, the, the smells and the sounds and the sights and just the, the feel uh, of, of what it is like to be in that place at that time in the future when you have realised this impact from your research. And when you do that, I want you to encapsulate that in some kind of visual form and to create a picture. Tweet it to me at uh, Fast Track Impact on, uh, on Twitter. Share it with some other people. I'd love to see the kind of things that you come up with. Uh, good luck. Good luck.